days, for those of you who delight in dread, who fantasize about fear, who glorify gore, welcome. You have found the place where the horror returns. Listeners, beware. This podcast contains major plot spoilers and the foulest of language. Join us in celebrating the old and the new, the best and the worst in horror. So here we are at here we are at uh, creepy hollow haunted house. We met a, a couple of the inmates here. What's, what's your name? I am William Vodka Valley, aka Willie Vodka. And who are you, my friend? I am Creepy Hollow's Dribbles the Clown. Oh, that's creepy. Well, we got a couple of questions for you, if you don't mind. I might have some answers. What are some of the most fucked up things you've seen here? Oh man. Uh, you take this one, Dribbles. Uh, we made somebody crap their pants inside of pitch black. That was a good one. Like literally crap their pants. Literally crap their pants. <laughs> Last year there was a. That's well, going to be some there questions. Somebody later, passed too. out in one of the, I think it's oh, the woods. Yeah. yeah. Let me let me ask you this. Has an ambulance ever had been called out here? Uh, yes, they have. We also have our own ambulance that is here, but it's not oh, for I'm public. <laughs> so tell me the story behind that. Um, we had a lady in the woods who collapsed, and we had to call the ambulance. Yeah. I mean, some people can't handle it. Some people just can't handle what we do. Uh, I mean, we come out here, we do our thing, we party. Well, I party. They don't party. They don't party. Uh, We we like to party. I party. party. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, some people really can't handle it. I made some people come, like, start panicking in the voodoo lounge. I made people run into fences and walls. It's it's, it's fun. For us, at least. How long have you guys been doing this? I have been doing this for six years now. Always at Creepy Hollow? Always at Creepy Hollow. So you guys have some uh, charities that you help out, right? Yes, we do. We uh, we do the Lions Club. Yeah. And uh, what else do we do? We do... Uh, oh, we do a zombie walk. We help out the walk. Houston zombie walk a lot. Uh, we do the Lake Jackson zombie, we do that. zombie run. Yeah. We do zombie charge. We help them out. Virus vodka. Uh, we, yes, we do a lot of kind of cool stuff out we, here. We help totally kids look at Christmas that. time. Zombie charge. So what do you yeah. give them, like a, uh, a a head that somebody's chopped off and give it to them in their, their stocking, or what? Uh, we do some different things. Uh, we give them Playstations and things that they can't actually afford themselves, and we uh, help them out with stuff like that. That's badass, As a matter man. of fact, last year, uh, if you go on YouTube, search up Creepy Hollow Haunted House, right? you can see what Relic and Molly and Skeet did last year for needy families that have lost basically everything. Right. And this year, I think a lot of our, our money that we make out here is going to go to the uh, Harvey victims. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no shit. You guys got flooded here, right? Oh, yes, yeah. So tell us about that. I mean, what, what kind of challenges were there after the flood? Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of challenges. Yeah. It but, was like a fucking water park, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. Something it like was that? like a river. <laughs> oh, man. We, I mean, after the hurricane, uh, you know, we're all volunteers. Right. So we, we all came together and put this place back in the spot. The heart of Creepy Hollow is in his volunteers. Yeah. And and that's what makes it run. And because of the heart of the volunteers, you're here today, basically. I mean, there was a lot of damage. 
I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I saw the video. The videos on uh, Facebook. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy. It was fucked up, man. But we we got it back together and we're gonna um, kick ass this year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good talking to you guys, man. Hey, you too. Thank All right. You. Take we're, care. We're gonna be around for a little bit. Man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll find you guys later again. Thank you, sir. Yeah. All right. Take care. I'm pretty sure <laughs> you, you guys are the ones who the Comic Con. So. Greetings, yeah. listeners. Oh, you have found the horror returns. For all of you who delight in dread, fantasize about fear and glorify gore, welcome home. This is the podcast that proves the horror never ends. Welcome to a special uh, bonus episode dealing with haunts, and we've got a we got a real treat for you listeners this week. We've actually spoken with uh, with the writer and director of a couple of films that we that we enjoy, Houses October Belt One and Two. So we're gonna play that interview for you guys here in just a minute, but. Uh, I don't know. First, uh, uh, Brian, you thought it'd be a good idea if we kind of went around the table here and sort of shared our thoughts on the two films. You want to go first? Yeah, um, I I'm gonna speak about these movies as a whole because I, I, you know, this one, the second one picks up where the first one leaves off. Right. And I I really really enjoyed both of these movies. They felt real gritty. They felt real, you know, and. I thought the actors and actress that were in the movie was great. You, you know, they you really felt like they were friends and they were going on these trips, you know, and it just it felt real to me. And mm-hmm. I love the the costumes and the mass of um, of uh, what was it? The blue skeleton, especially. Sure. Yeah. Which to me. I might I don't know. I might be just speaking ahead, but I think that the porcelain character, the girl porcelain the mask mm-hmm. i think that's going to be an iconic look here when people talk about creepy mask and stuff because i thought that was just one of the creepiest characters in the movie because didn't even really yeah. need to speak or anything you would you know you could just walk around the corner and she could just be there looking at you and creeped me out and yeah that's on like the cover of the movie on uh, on on netflix and that's part of what got me to watch the damn thing mm-hmm. yeah um Definitely gives you an insight on these uh, haunted houses, especially especially um, these uh, extreme haunts, and how far some of them are willing to go. And uh, <laughs> yeah, listen, when you listen to our interview, uh, they got they got some pretty good stories on uh, how far uh, some of these will go. Um, what did you guys think about the movie? Yeah, I really Man, like, I- yeah, uh, like I was saying, it's probably my favorite found footage movie since the Blair Witch just because it was so realistic I, you guys know I'm not a big found footage guy at all because it's like you get a really slickly produced movie where you got 17 different camera angles and then you know they shift from camera to camera to camera and it just I, I, to my, for my life the life of me I don't understand how they call that a found footage movie you know when yeah. it's that slickly produced and it looks like a you know, big budget Hollywood film, and yet they, you know, they say, "Oh, we found this videotape." You know, bullshit. Give me a fucking break. And the thing about this one is, I, it, you felt like it was a real documentary because they are going around talking to real haunt workers. So, pretty cool how they intertwined the story in there and and made it work with with actually going around to real places. I envy these guys, man. I'd love to be able to to spend to spend a couple of months doing something like this. Oh, absolutely. It it looked and fun. Get paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, I, I really enjoyed it, too. I mean, if you've listened to the show, you know I'm kind of a sucker for these found footage movies. Um, 
and and this one does it right. It's it's, and I don't want to sound like you know we're we're kissing these guys' asses because we had them on the show, um, but it, it's it's a really kick-ass movie, man. It it is it actually is real until it's not. Uh, he said that in the interview, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it totally applies, and it feels like that when you're watching it. Um, I thought the the first one was more of a. First one was a little creepier, you know, going through the haunted houses, and then they intertwined the storyline and stuff. Um, and then the second one was, it, it was almost just fun to watch, uh, especially that first half where they're just going through the haunted houses, and all of it is 100% real. And uh, they've got, you know, they're running through the, the zombie run thing, uh, and it's it looked like a whole lot of fun, man. It was just exciting to watch, and it was almost a travel show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and as our listeners know, if they've, they've been listening to us for a while, make no mistake, if, if we fucking hate something, we're going to say we hate it, regardless of whether yeah. the people that made the movie are listening to the show or not. And th- for one thing's for sure with this one, we, ac- we actually reached out to them because that's how much we enjoy these two movies. And, and once we saw, actually, I think I reached out to Bobby, the director, right after we had rewatched the first one again. And I'm like, mm-hmm. shit, let's just see if these guys will be on our show. And damn, we're appreciate you guys you know being on here it's uh it's a pretty cool interview which you guys are about to hear in just a little bit but yeah no it's a it's a lot of fun man it's the right time of the year to be to be getting into this kind of stuff too and we were actually uh we were actually inspired after this to go out and uh do our own little uh haunt uh event philip philip and i went out to uh to creepy hollow and we met the guys out there and we got a couple of couple of interviews with you guys harold who's the guy who has everything set up just a super cool dude man and we're going to get some stories about what it's like to run a haunt and you guys will get to hear a little bit about what what we heard when we were out there but um you know harold we can't thank you enough for the invite we had a we had a blast i probably hadn't been to one in about 10 years but uh we'll, we'll start making an annual event now for sure oh definitely man that was it was it was a whole lot of fun it's it's been forever and uh, the the extreme haunts are starting to sound kind of fun too, man. Mm-hmm. Jump scares are a whole lot of fun when they're happening right in your face, you know. Like when you're watching them on a movie, it's different. But when they're there, it's it's fun. Yeah, Brian. Brian, do you guys have haunts up there in Alaska? Are they all like themed like the movie uh, The Thing or something? Where it's um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, that would be a lot better than what we have up here. Oh no, honestly, yeah, they're. <laughs> The typical run-of-the-mill, like, you go in and people jump out. Of course, you know, there has to be that, that one character with the chainsaw-type deal. And yeah, it's... it's My kids don't even go, because it's not even worth it. Oh, no. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a lot of fun at Creepy Hollow. That's cool. Yeah, it was like a theme park. They had a bunch of different little haunts, and then... How, uh, you how know, big is it? Pretty damn good size, man. Oh, they, okay. uh, yeah, they've got. I don't know how much land they sit on, but it's it's quite a bit, and uh, it's it's like a small horror themed theme park. It was, cool, it's fun. Yeah, and it's and it's expanding. They're adding a couple of new attractions next year, so I think it's only going to get bigger. That's really cool. Yeah, and unfortunately, these guys, like, if you follow them on Facebook at all, you'll see that they got really badly flooded after the hurricane. Oh, but, okay. uh, yeah, they op- they opened right on schedule. You know, we, we couldn't tell there had been any damage from what we saw. So, you know, they 
they did what they had to do. It was a little hard to get Harold to, to do the inter- the interviews a couple of times because he had so many people coming up to him. You'll hear a couple of breaks in our interview, but uh, I think it went really well, man. He gave us a lot of time, and hopefully if you're in the Houston area, you'll head down to Rocheron and check it out. Definitely. All right, so uh, guys, without any further ado, uh, you guys ready for the interview? Yeah. All right, cool. All right, listeners, uh, as promised, we have a treat for you guys this week. Uh, We are joined by the creative team behind The Houses October Built, parts one and two, uh, and hopefully more. We'll we'll get into that later. Uh, Director Bobby Rowe, as well as writer and co-creator Zach Andrews. How's it going, guys? Doing good. Doing good. Appreciate you having us on, Lance. Cool, man. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, Zach. We appreciate you guys being here, man. We really dug the movie, so it's good to have you guys on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we'll jump into it here. Um, I know you guys get a lot going on with the uh, with the second movie just out. Um, so, where did you guys come up with this uh, this incredibly original idea to actually combine you know real interviews with haunt workers and you know kind of come up with a narrative that tells a found footage story within that context? Well, we um, Zach and I grew up together. We've been best friends for about. 20, 25 years. And, uh, we really did when we were younger, we would, we grew up in Dallas, Texas, and we would go to haunts. Uh, we would go to a horror movie and then go to a a haunted house afterwards all through October, you know, and funny enough, Dallas has become the haunt capital of the world, or at least it was, I'm sure it changes every year. Um, but we started, we started figuring out why, why somebody hadn't really put that on the big screen. You know, there's fun house and there's carnival like, uh, fun houses like that, that have been used in the past. But nobody really using Halloween haunted houses, especially at the time when we were doing this, which was the butt of everything was around 2009. And um, and the word extreme haunt really wasn't even known. And then we started digging deeper and about 35 million people a year go to haunted houses. And, uh, you know, just Halloween alone as Americans, we spend eight billion dollars. So it just seemed like it was it would have an audience if we could figure out the right story to tell around it. Um, And that being said, we wanted to make sure it felt real. Uh, You know, the supernatural stuff, some of the possession movies has kind of run its course. We were trying to figure out what scares us. And it's usually human beings, something grounded. and uh, we kind of worked backwards. We we thought of an idea. We said, well, what's the version of does a tree make a sound in the forest when it falls if no one's around to hear it? Well, our Halloween version of that question is, have you ever seen a dead body in a haunted house? You can't definitively tell me that you haven't. So we, we wanted to be able to, I mean, look, the smells and the special effects, everything has gotten so amazing lately. Like you really wouldn't know. We thought, well, that's a really creepy idea to kind of explore. And so we just, it, it kind of started to snowball and we thought of it in a feature format at first. And then we said, well, it's just, there's a way to make this very, very believable. And I know there's a lot of comparisons to Blair Witch style and, and uh, you know, uh, falling under that category. But at the end of the day, we took a page out of Sasha Baron Cohen's Borat and Brandy, you know, with stripped, strip away the comedy and put it in a, a horror setting. And that's why we use Brandy for And Brandy was great at doing it. She's very disarming. And we were putting ourselves in live situations secretly telling the story not everybody that we were 
So it just started to get, uh, it started to take form and that was the plan. And we, you know, we scripted it all out. And when you make a movie like this, you better be ready to call audibles. And, um, <laughs> so that was the big, be- that was the beginning. And, uh, hopefully, you know, the biggest compliment we can get is how real it feels and, yeah. and what to a lot of people. And I, you know, I hope you can continue to keep that, that alive. Um, how was the process going from the original uh, 2011 idea to the first uh, full-length movie to now the sequel? Uh, go ahead, Zach. Yeah, so we made an, uh, the original original in 2011, like you said, and then that's when Steven Schneider uh, called me after he had seen it and said, you know, this is a really fresh take on this genre because this is the first movie that I've seen that is real until it isn't, and I can't really tell you where that line is. And right. so, you know, then he with, with him coming aboard, we, we got to go into the studio and have them put up some money to call it a remake of that movie just with better cameras better sound uh and just a little bit more of of a kind of a scare type attitude uh reshooting that so it was a great experience to be able to make a movie completely on your own dime and and you know super independent and then be able to make a movie kind of within the studio system to learn the ropes of that as well so uh that kind of that got us to to part one and then uh you know we always wanted to to complete this story we we felt like part one was uh half of the story we wanted to tell and that's why we chose to kind of make part two pick up exactly where part one left off and we're just fortunate enough that part one got uh you know the kind of the following that it did in order to justify the sequel cool um how long did it take to film each movie and uh how much of what was filmed was uh made it or what made it to the movie i'm sorry it took about three weeks on the road and then um you do your more contained finales uh take a little bit more time uh you know maybe an extra week with that but you are you're shooting in in different cities events haunts where you're not able to if you mess up there is no tomorrow like when we shot at the zombie pub crawl you know you got to make sure you get your scene in that night because it's not going to take place on Sunday. Um, right. So, yeah, so that was really, it's, it's, you know, it's a experiment and throwing the actors in the fire. And I think by three movies that we've done now with the same, um, actors, they've just gotten better and better and, you know, they're on their toes at, at all moments. So, um, yeah, but it's about three weeks or so. And then, a shit ton of, of posts because there's so much footage and, and kind of molding it that way is a, a pretty long process. Oh, that's awesome. Good scene. Um, uh, it seems pretty rare these days that you guys, you keep the same core group that sticks together. And you said you'd been friends since you were kids. Um, you guys obviously spent a lot of time together in uh, super close quarters, the whole tour van RV thing. Uh, what was the dynamic like? I mean, were you guys like ready to slit each other's throats or, uh, was the chemistry between you really good and everybody got along or how did that work? The chemistry is great. I mean, even our days off, we ended up hanging out together, you know, uh, there's, yeah, you try to bring it in and Mikey's really my brother, but I wanted that dynamic for, even if we have to argue on screen, I, you need that to kind of seep out. And, and, and help with the believability factor. So everything was kind of calculated on who we used and why we, we used them. But 
when you really, really just take a simple look at it, it's about chemistry. And I think a lot of especially found footage, they don't do that. They don't let their characters yeah. breathe. And, and it's unfortunate because you shouldn't root for somebody to die, but you, you find yourself doing that. <laughs> you find yourself doing that a lot in horror. And if right. you, you know, these, some of these actors just met each other, you know, probably a week before rehearsals. And that's just not something we wanted to explore. We wanted to set ourselves apart from what we thought is a mistake in a lot of found footage movies because the, you know, the, the root of the word is supposed to be real footage that somebody found while I'm, you're going to lose right. that feeling in five minutes if the people are cardboard cutouts. Yeah, and it came across a lot more real because of that, I think. Cool. Um, with with you guys uh, coming up with the blue skeleton idea and researching haunts, um, what were some of the craziest things you've seen? Well, we've, we've heard of... So, one happened to us. We did the... Um, we did a press tour for part one, and so we started in Los Angeles, went all the way through Austin up to Telluride all in an RV and so we had like a wrapped RV quasi like the movie but we just we did it in real life and went and talked to scare actors and went to different haunts and did like signings and stuff like that and it was really 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 fun and eye opening and cooler to see a lot of these scare actors they don't nobody put them on screen before you know what I mean like and a lot of people didn't even know about uh, things outside Universal Horror Nights are not scary farms, but it's the Ma and Pa guys that one, I, Bozak and I find the most creative. Um, but then we end up in New Mexico a little bit off the beaten path, and it was almost like it was a little too meta and weird. You know, this guy was telling us, you got to try this haunt. And so our dumb asses went and did it. Um, <laughs> and we left. We left the outskirts of Albuquerque and went to this haunt. And it turned out that. All of a sudden, we had bags over our heads. Both Zach and I had shotguns pressed against our back up under our shirts. Wow. And Mike got separated, and they blindfolded him and kicked him off about a 15-foot cliff. What? And, yeah, into – so it turns out it's into a foam pit for him. But he, he, man, he was his he was his mind was just gone. And he, he said it felt like 100 feet when you didn't know what was going on. They locked me. I'm a big guy. They locked me in a small box with holes in it. And then all of a sudden you were getting sprayed with water. It smelled like piss. And oh, I'm fuck. getting thrown down a hallway that's going back and forth. I'm just going up against the walls. Um, and then I end up finding Mikey who's almost the point of tears in this like cave going, we got to get the fuck out of here. Oh, and um, so we end up, we end up making it through, but they, uh, turns out there's a, they had 120 piss outs that year <laughs> where people pissed their pants and had to leave. Okay. That was my next question. <laughs> Have you guys ever been to the, uh, the house of shock in new Orleans? Uh, I, I hear it's kind of insane. Is that true? Well, well, what's funny is, so we first learned about it. Have you guys seen the original doc? No, I haven't seen it. I knew Pantera was involved in it, though. Right. Yeah. Well, no, but no, the original doc of Houses Octoberville, part, uh, the, oh, the, part, the 2010. Yeah. Uh, we, we, want, we want to, man. Yeah. Okay. So it's on the Blu-ray. But anyway, there's a scene where this guy introduces us and tells us we have to go to House of Shock. Okay. Um, 
Yeah. And so that was our first introduction to it. We had not been there. We had planned on doing uh, part of the sequel there, but we had kind of already done New Orleans and that's where, you know, the finale of part one is. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and they were closing down. They had like a Kickstarter campaign. We tried to help them out to try to make sure they kept their doors open. So I'm not sure the status of House of Shock right now, Um, but I know that they were losing their lease or something. So, uh, but yes, we've heard there's crazy stuff happening down there, but we've never personally done it yet. Well, listen, um, one thing we really liked about the sequel was the uh, the way you guys expanded out. You're talking about, like, ending up in New Orleans in the first one. You know, it's pretty much like Texas and Louisiana in the, in the first movie. And then, of course, you know, the next one takes us to haunts and events in different states. Are there, I mean, are there any plans in the future? I don't know what you guys can and can't talk about, but, you know, like, I don't know if you guys have plans to keep this thing going. I mean, it seems to me it would make a great weekly TV show. Uh, especially well, around October. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll say that the haunt community is is way bigger than us, and there's a lot more places to explore. All right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> the the zombie one was uh, one that our uh, the zombie run was one that I was really interested in, um, and you guys had a really cool scene uh, in the second movie uh, with with your zombie run in Georgia. Um, it looked like it was on the set of like a big budget movie. Uh, it, it kind of speaks volumes to the organizers that are so passionate and they're willing to set something up like this. How, how realistic was that? Well, that's actually a military training facility. So oh, they awesome. do like for, you know, disaster training, you can see that there's cars in water and, you know, swing sets under, you know, submerged. And so that's, they actually do the training there. It's a billion dollar facility. And, I don't know how they got access to it. And I'm just thankful that they gave us access to their, their zombie five K because that production value is just was, was pretty amazing. We could have shot an entire movie there. I mean, it's yeah. it, with the, with the subways, the high school in there. I mean, it was phenomenal. It was just an amazing setting. And, and that's why we, we didn't want it. We wanted to make sure it was tough in that scene to like, there are scenes that are cut from there because it was more important to explore the grounds and that, that two minute scene is kind of plays like a music video, but I just thought it was just such an amazing place that we needed to show the audience as much of it as we could. Yeah. Very, very well done. Very well done. That was, uh, yeah. that was probably one of our favorite parts of the, of the second movie. I want to go um, do it now. Fuck yeah. We want to go do it, man. <laughs> we talked about that earlier. You guys should. It's awesome. Um, hey, which, uh, which films or filmmakers would you guys say were the biggest influences on, on the two films? Uh, on the two films, um, like I said, the, the Borat thing story-wise is, is something that we really looked at. Um, I've always enjoyed Hitchcock, and it's really tough because when you okay. say found footage, if when you say found footage and you look at these movies, you're like, well, how does Hitchcock have... Look, there's a lot of ways to dissect something in a story. Like even uh, the opening shot over the water was kind of our homage to to lost boys a little bit with that flying over the water over santa cruz you know um so there's just there's so many influences in there it's kind of a melting pot uh some of the some of the um the music the compositions are very uh bernard herman you know who hitchcock always used like looking at that style and not copying it in any way just being influenced by it so there was a little bit of that because it shouldn't fit in found footage and hopefully we Mm -hmm. found a way a loophole in 
to do that because it was important to just have a sequel have a little bit of a different feel but still play by the rules well for the first uh, movie you guys kind of cleaned up at the the macabre fair film festival i mean what what was that experience like was that expected at all or a big surprise um, we didn't, we didn't get to fortunately go to that. We, uh, you know, the Brandy winning best actress, that was awesome. And then we, mm-hmm. best poster. There, there was a bunch of stuff that was, it was great. Um, we were shooting at the time, so we weren't able to go. Um, but we were able to go to the Edinburgh film festival, which was the UK premiere, which was really a great experience. Cause that's filled with like Oscar bait movies. And we kind of had no business there in some way. Um, you know, but, but we had this, the, the director of the festival was the movie terrified her and she really enjoyed it. And they flew us over there and we spoke and it was, that was a really cool experience going to Scotland. And with that, we were flown over to London to speak to all the haunt owners in the UK. Mm-hmm. That was really, really cool. Cause secretly we were just wanted to talk to them and see how they were doing things different than we were, uh, you know, over in the States. Nice. Uh, Bobby, I have a question for you. Um, I noticed you had a background in baseball. How did you get into acting? Was it just right place, right time? Or uh, did you have an agent seeking roles out for you? Um, it actually went, I'm, I've always wanted to do film. Um, and UCLA came in at the, the last second to offer a scholarship. I was going to the University of Texas, but I always wanted to do film. All right. And then I figured, <laughs> and then I figured uh, at the last second, and it's not Texas has a nice film program, but UCLA or USC was number one and number two at the time. And uh, I felt like this was a way to kill two birds because I always, I always, enjoyed film over baseball baseball is a huge part of my life but it was a lot of work and 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 i just it just it was a, such a different part of my life but film since i was five has been my passion um and so when i had finished when i finished playing uh ball i decided to go to grad school instead of continue playing baseball and but i got a better education on set playing doing sports stunts and being Zack Snyder gave me my SAG card um you know and watching guys like that work back right you know right after he got out of Dawn of the Dead and they needed a um a double for Roger Clemens and so I told them I said well I'm pretty sure that Clemens can do it better than I can they were like well he has to pitch the next day so and I'm a I'm a lefty so they had to flop the entire shot and so write, write his name backwards and do everything. So I just pitched left-handed and they flopped the shot, um, you know, and, but being on set like that for, for, to watch those directors at the time work, it was so educational and I, and I just tried to soak it all in. And so uh, that doing a lot of the stunt work and I had acted in high school and throughout school, but that was my kind of in uh, just being a sports specialist with that. And so I was able to be part of, really big movies and um, even, even commercials, but with big directors today. So that was a, that was a nice, that was a nice, that was honestly better schooling than film school is. Man, that's strong words there. Um, So I've got a question for Zach. Um, Hey Zach, man, from your perspective, how, how did you enjoy acting in this film? I mean, do you have any interest in, in getting into any other uh, acting roles moving forward? Are you more interested in the, in the development side of things? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's interesting question because we're doing so many roles in the film that you do have to put on one hat and then take it off and put the other one on. And uh, it, it would both Bobby and I have laughed that to do one job would feel, you know, 
so interesting on a film because we've just been so immersed in in doing three things for this and and sometimes even more than that uncredited so um i I enjoy the acting in this i enjoy the acting in this movie because of bobby and i knowing where we want to go with the story and so that's why we originally put ourselves in it is so that when we were on set and had to, you know, kind of adapt to what was being thrown our way, we still knew where we had to go. And so we could throw out a line of dialogue, you know, maybe off script that kept us, kept the story moving in the area that we wanted it to go. And cause we didn't want Brandy and Jeff and Mikey to know exactly what we were doing the whole time. Uh, especially Brandy, you know, when we send her through the haunts, she goes, we are rolling for her first walkthrough, even though Bobby and I have walked through several times. Okay. So being able to have a character that, that is, is in the movie that kind of knows a little bit more, uh, and can manipulate things a little bit is very helpful. So, um, so yeah, as far as the acting, I think that, that services the story. And I think both Bobby and I, uh, would say we, you know, our development and, and, and writing and producing and directing is kind of more where our head is at. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, you guys had some pretty heavy hitters in the, uh, on the production side. Uh, how'd you guys get involved with Todd King? He's, he's, he's involved in some pretty high end stuff. Yeah, no, Todd was great. The studio actually, uh, introduced us to him and, um, he, you know, having, having a guy who's made the, you know, probably 30 plus movies that he has is, um, it, it's great because you learn so much about, you know, there's a big, there's a, well, there's a thin line between the business side and then the 12 year old and all of us that, you know, you're getting to make a movie and you still love that. And there's so much, you know, wonder and, and excitement on set. And then there's a big business side where you got to wrangle in, you know, it, I, I think that on houses two or sorry, on houses one, there was over a hundred crew members. And, and that's a lot to handle when you're shooting at live sets to, to pick up and leave. You know, that was when we did it uh, in the 2010, you know, we're talking about six, seven people moving uh, to and fro, going to another haunt shooting. That doesn't happen when you're, when you're basically picking up a small town and moving them to a new location. So Um, having somebody really experienced in that was very helpful. Um, what was the difference between making the first and second film? Was it, was it an easier experience? Did you make any mistakes from the first one that you were going to stay away from making the second? I think that the, there's, there's pros and cons, I guess, to both. We wanted to expand the world. So we were really excited about the drone work. And, um, yeah, so that was, that was new to us. Um, and then, you know, in the back of your head, you got to stick with your vision on stuff, but we also wanted to make sure we had a little bit more of a finale than kind of the ambiguous ending of part one, um, you know, to try to service everybody is just impossible. It's, it really is impossible because, you know, some people are going to want part two to be, you know, much scarier. And to us, it's always been a Halloween adventure movie. If you get scared along the way or there's tension, cool. Other than that, vicariously come experience Halloween with us, and and I hope you enjoy the story. You know, we don't if 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 it has your jump scares and a little bit of over the topness every six seven minutes, like the formula says, you're not gonna you're not gonna have the same feeling that we want you to have of it being genuine and real. It's uh, I want you to get caught up in thinking, am I am I just watching these guys travel log, and then we're gonna keep going, and then we'll flip it on your head by the end. Um, 
so you, you know, you, you, you definitely learn and you just hopefully hone your craft better and better each time. But this was just a really, really fun experience, especially getting to shoot where we got to shoot all over the United States. It was awesome, you know, except for eating fucking zombie brains in front of 30,000. <laughs> were they as bad as y'all, <laughs> y'all acting like they were? They were disgusting. I literally debated. I could have, for, for the movie, it would have been a funnier scene. I almost threw up on all the photographers on purpose because I could have done it on cue. They were that nasty. Oh, shit. I thought, Probably would have been great. Yeah, what a crazy scene that would have been. And I'm about to do it in my head. I'm literally like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then I turn to my left and I see Mikey quit. And he quit the he quit the contest. And I went, damn it. I was like, we can, now the scene will be ruined. I got to still go toe-to-toe and stay in the ring with Kobayashi. Even though I'm getting smoked, it, it was more like then it became this drive to, okay, the best of all time is right next to me. I'm going to finish the game whether I lose or not, I'm just going to, I'm going to finish it. So, you know, we see see, Yeah. So I I saw it through, we saved the throw for later. Um, There was a lot of really cool masking in in this movie, especially the porcelain doll mask, who I think is going to be an iconic look. Um, Creepy. What was the um, inspiration uh, behind these masks and who made them? It's a composite effects. They're really an incredible company uh, out of new Orleans uh they do a lot of the, the you know custom fitting and and high quality stuff uh and so they're they're behind that that mask um and i've heard there's a few other masks that pop up you know throughout that they uh that we can uh you know give them credit for too but then there's a the blue skeleton kind of team is dave monzingo who's also an incredible mask maker and uh we've gotten to work with him on the first and second movie so uh, it's, a, it's, you know, and I like that, that it's, you know, I like the diversity and all the, the, you know, that some of the scare actors bring their own masks and, and then we've making some masks with Dave and then porcelain is, is CFX. So it's, it really gives a, a different look and a feel. Right. And there's some, a lot of detail, especially in, um, the, the clown mask that we thought would be a lot of fun. And, and you, you probably don't get to see it as well with the, you know, the one shot and the cameras, uh, in the, like, uh, with the found footage, but, you know, we had never seen one of the guys has, you know, cotton candy or uh, candy corn as teeth. And then I we use the gag. It was. Yeah. And then we use the gag balls, um, the, like the gag sex balls as the red noses instead. Cause we saw <laughs> that looks really fucked up. And I just think I'm going to get raped by a clown. Right. <laughs> We just wanted to try to bring just small details of we've seen clowns a thousand times. We've seen skulls. And, and part of the reason with the skull masks, the way they are, is they are generic, but kind of on purpose. So they, they can just blend in with a crowd. They could be around you. And there's a couple shots in the movie in part two where they're there in the crowd, but you may not see them. Yeah, right. we, we saw him. <laughs> it was kind of a trip, man. All right, excellent. So the dr- uh, the drone you guys added in the sequel was pretty prominent. We thought we thought it was used very effectively. Better, I would dare say, than Wingard's Blair Witch, and we're Wingard Fife's big time. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. We've, he's, he's our number one reviewed uh, director, actually, of our show. Um, right on. So we love you, Wingard, but uh, I thought it was used more effectively in your movie. But, do you, I mean, do you guys agree that affordable and accessible technology like this is really going to help indie filmmakers realize their vision and stay within budget? 
Well, that's a sixty thousand dollar helicopter shot, you know, in a normal feature ten years ago. That's right. That was thinking, man, when it was over. You know. Yeah, so that's an impossible shot to get for indie filmmakers until now. Um, so I do, and and I know that it was probably you know a no no a couple years ago for found footage, but but now as long as that's why it was important, Zach and I wanted the drone to be a character. So even though as simple as that scene is with Jeff opening up his Halloween present is that's now we now have an excuse and why it's used. So those big wide establishings, those aerial shots above while we're driving they're now they now have a reason to be there and still fall under our found footage rules uh yeah man they were they were definitely great so you guys talked about uh kobayashi does uh mikey have any plans to do anything else like feed the beast or maybe a road trip show with kobayashi (laughs) since you guys know him now y'all are y'all are brothers i love i love that idea i wish i wish he did i you know, he's Mike's really good at that. Feed the Beast was such a cool idea, too, that it was just it was kind of man versus food, but everything after midnight. So where wherever people go drunk to eat around every city and we've all you know looked at places like what's open at three, you know, in Chicago mm-hmm. or Dallas or whatever. Um, so that was a really cool show. And so hopefully they'll be able he can explore something more like that uh, as well in the future, because he's a foodie. He's he's a chef. He's you know, that's kind of his kind of his deal and once he started doing that i thought he'd be a perfect addition to our group um when we did it in the beginning because he's ultimately making that same show just replace food with haunts and mm-hmm. he's always very natural for him to make that transition except zombie brains quitter oh. <laughs> <laughs> um are there any causes or charities you guys would like to talk about that you're passionate about um surprisingly enough that doesn't have anything to do with haunt or horror uh, Zach and I wrote a children's book in the off time to to maybe find some levity, some lightness out of this, uh, you know, getting stuck into the, the Halloween world because uh, I had had a, um, two babies, I guess, since part one. And so we just we literally wanted to tell a story a different way. And it's about the ocean. It's using narwhals because uh, we never really seen <laughs> that be a character and so anyway 10 percent of the proceeds from that goes to uh ocean foundations and, and preserving the ocean and stuff like that so um it's not horror based but yeah that's kind of what we've been working on on the side i've also uh worked with kids in the autism community for the past 15 years so mm-hmm. um special needs kids definitely have a place in my heart awesome that's awesome well uh hey what else do you guys have coming up that you're that you're able to talk about at this time uh we can be vague um we also we spent the past eight months writing a script with uh for some of the producers of walking dead and hopefully that will be a production in march um so that'll be a normal feature it'll still be uh in horror um, but it won't be found footage so we're excited about that and kind of making a, a different foray into that world um so that, that's been a lot of work but it was it was nice to kind of bounce around stories so you keep you feel fresh um you know so you're not kind of tunnel visioned into one thing so that was another big part of this year awesome well listen i found houses too the, these guys will tell you i'm like the itunes guy here and that that's where i found it like right away where it's available for sale and rental. Where else can our listeners uh, find these films, especially the new one that just came out? So you can see it in theaters in, in 10 major cities. The list is on the Facebook site okay. uh, for the movie. And then, uh, you know, all the all the, the normal haunts, for lack of a better word. Um, okay. Voodoo, 
Voodoo, Amazon, uh, you know, DirecTV, any of your cable providers have it as VOD. Um, so I think it, it's it's basically the works. Google Play, they all have it. Awesome. Um, any other uh, things you guys want to plug? Websites, Facebook page, group. Uh, yeah, you can find me at Bobby Row One on Twitter. Zach is Zach Andrews thirteen. Um, but yeah, just basically enjoy Halloween. It's upon us. Go to your local haunts. Go see the movie. Go see any horror movie. But go support a bunch of the local haunts or you know around your area because they do an amazing, amazing job. Outstanding. We're hitting one up this week. Right on. Which one? <laughs> Creepy Hollow. Hollow. Oh, Creepy, Creepy Hollow. Hollow. That's right. Yeah. Ah, Creepy Hollow. They have asked. They we, they were in contact with us about uh, wanting to be in the sequel, and we ended up doing more event stuff. Uh, but yeah. Oh, you guys are Texans. That's right. Like us. Yeah. I grew up in Dallas. Right on. Where? What high school? Uh, Duncanville. Okay. We were both Plano. Oh, okay. Well, we probably yeah. played you a few times. I did, I didn't play baseball, but I had a lot of buddies that did. <laughs> right on. Cool. Well, uh, you guys enjoy this weekend. Enjoy the Halloween season, and we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, I appreciate right. it, man. Thank you. Hey, uh, thank you guys so much. All right, so here here we are with Harold, the the Grand Meister of the, uh, the fucking creepy hollow haunted house. What's fucking going on, man? Hollow haunted house. <laughs> um, we're not swimming. We're currently not having to swim around the property, so that's good. At one point, we had to have boats and jet skis. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask you about that, man. I saw the Facebook uh, post and shit like that, where you you guys were basically a water park for a little bit. What happened? Uh, well, we got 51 inches of rain in about three days, and uh, the night that really hurt us bad one night we got over 20 inches in one night along with all the rain we had which basically some places in the woods that you went through were right. under six feet of water and yet here we are getting the our fucking nuts scared off yeah, we had we had over 100 to 200 people come out including our own people and people from the community we worked 20 to 22 hour days and we worked non-stop to get this place ready to be open so and this is after the hurricane after you've already replaced everything yeah and yeah you have to replace it again now yeah we had we had an electrical storm come through that fried everything and we had to go back and replace that all as well so we got hit twice and that storm didn't hit anywhere else it was like a three mile radius in our area center point came out the next day and they said they got so many calls from this area because it just blew out everybody's everything every modem we had all our internet was out everything was down like just unbelievable all right so we've been through the three the main the three main attractions explain to our listeners what the fuck we just saw well you know in the woods you came in contact with a bunch of backwoods inbred hillbilly that probably tried to kiss you a little bit and do other things. Yeah, a little bit, actually. Yeah, yeah. A, little, a, few, a few unnameable creatures, unspeakable creatures out there that hang They're out They're going to invade your personal space, I promise you. And uh, a shitload of chainsaws. Yeah. We like chainsaws. Yeah, we did too, man. <laughs> yeah, we like chainsaws a lot. And that's basically the woods. Chainsaws, hillbillies, zombies. All right, but we saw two other attractions too, didn't we? Yeah, you got Pitch Black and 288 Scare Factory. I saw I saw a shitload of clowns. Yeah. Pitch Black is a shitload of clowns and a lot of 3D popping out at you. I mean, uh, we had Stuart come in from Stewartism Designs. He's one of the top 3D painters in, in the world, really. And he did a kick-ass job in Pitch Black. Like, that artwork is phenomenal. Yeah, so 3D glasses, you go through and everything pops out at you. It's it's kind of amazing and super trippy. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty great. Yeah, and the reason we call it Pitch Black is we have a special surprise for you at the end 
of pitch black. <laughs> yeah, we, we went through, but we won't talk about that. What, yeah, what, yeah. Uh, what's the third attraction you have here? Third attraction is 288 Scare Factory. You know, we have a very pro a big problem in this area with uh, pigs, wild pigs and stuff. Oh. So we decided. I, I, we, I saw a few out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We decided to do a little bit of experiments on, you know, try to cr fix the uh, the flu, you know, swine flu and all that. Experiments. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Things kind of went wrong, you know, and uh, you just have to go in the factory and figure out what happened. But things got a little out of control, so we had to cage some of them up, and some of them got loose, and uh, just make sure you get all your shots after yeah. you come out. Yeah, and some, so, of your, some of your doctors are a little off the reservation on that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they had some special training. Uh, you know. All right, when we got here, we went into, uh, like, a house of uh, freak, a freak show type thing or something like World that, didn't we? Yeah, it's our yeah World of Oddities. What was that? I it, mean, It's our play on Ripley's Museum, kind of. You know, um, I went to Ripley's in San Antonio, and I really liked the way the entertainment value because some people come to haunts, you know, they 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 can't be scared, right? And, and and that's the way I am. I go to haunts all over the world to do research and stuff, you know, and I can get entertained. I love to be entertained, but it's really hard to scare me, you know, because I'm just, I mean, I, I guess I'm desensitized. So we try to make sure here, if you're a type of person that you're not going to get scared, we try to make damn sure you still leave and you got your $30 worth because we've got so much you can do. We got a voodoo lounge, we got the world of eyes, we got the freak show, we got dancers, we've got a voodoo ceremony that takes place. I mean, you get everything here but a back massage unless you, you know, pay extra. <laughs> so what, what, what's a up? photographer, I just would, I'm just saying. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you a question. Yeah. We just walked out of a freak show, dude. What the fuck was that all about, man? That's some of the craziest shit. We have the only freak show in Houston, Texas, and one of the only freak shows at a haunted house in Texas itself. And we've got some of the top performers in the United States, and one of them just got featured on a national TV show. So uh, they're really badass at what they do. The stuff they do, I would never fucking do, like right. ever try, because I don't want to die. Or You don't want to have any knives thrown at you, huh? I, no, I don't need knives thrown at me, stuck in me, across me, the side of me, or I don't need to, you know, stick stuff up my nose and, and inhale weird things and you, you only you, you only saw part of it they have four or five different shows they do a night they do the one with the blades they do the one with fire they do one and the last one we do at night is called the extreme show it's at 11 o'clock and it's called the extreme show and it's called the extreme show for a reason and coming up soon we're about to start at, at midnight an 18 and up after hours show oh, okay i think so we'll be here yeah that one's gonna be crazy we haven't started that one yet because we got a still promote it right but you're welcome to come back welcome out when back. we start doing that and that's going to be a special 18 and up after hour show because these guys do crazy stuff and a lot of the stuff they do we can't really do at our freak show here because it's open to the family you know general public but we are going to id an 18 and up after hour show that is nothing it's it's so much more extreme than the extreme show like it's super extreme and i gave this dude a tip he had me staple it with a staple gun to his face <laughs> Yeah, and part of what the after hour show is, you get to staple it to his nuts. Mm. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Yeah. I mean, what else could you ask for? Yeah. You All can right. get brisket and staple some shit to somebody's nuts. I mean, yeah. That's it. Let me ask you this. <laughs> so, y'all, how long have y'all been doing this? Five years? We've been at this location for six years. Okay. But we've been doing haunted houses for about 15 to 17 years. All right. So, what's the craziest bullshit you've ever seen? Like, have you ever had an ambulance come up or we, somebody had to take 
be taken in an ambulance? We had a lady last year going to shock in our hallway where those where those body bags are moving and stuff. They freaked her out so bad she went in the shock and we had to uh, they had to come in with a stretcher and get her out of the hallway because she she just would not move. She was paralyzed and and uh, come to find out she didn't take her medicine, whatever kind of medicine she needs to take to keep from going in the shock. You probably need to take that before you come to a haunted yeah. house. <laughs> Might be good. And then last year, one of the craziest things that happened last year, we had a lady come out running out of the woods and you know how we have that alleyway right there, Dead Man's Alley? Uh, right. uh, two cops were standing there and she dropped all her clothes off right there in the middle of the alleyway and just started pissing all over the place. They probably thought it was part of the and, 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 and she's like, I can't hold it! I can't, I can't. They scared me so bad, I gotta piss! So, uh, so uh, and the cops, you know, they tried to like shield her and stuff, but it was splashed and the cops got it splashed all over oh, because no. we have cops for security. They had it splashed all over their legs and everything. They were like, we, we, uh, we don't make enough for this. Uh, you know, so, well, you're yeah. the one that jumped over there in it. Maybe you liked it. I don't know. She legit <laughs> pissed herself. All over. I mean, we, we find like, we, we sell diapers at the, at the ticket booth and a lot of people buy them because they know they're probably going to need them because they, they, they can't handle it. But some people, some people don't buy the diapers. And when we clean the next day, people have shit down their legs on the floor and they get really? so scared. Yeah, no like, way, man. No, no. Seriously. seriously, people people shit down wow. their legs. They get so scared, they shit down. And a lot of it is out in the woods where we can wash it off the sidewalk at the end, you know, where it gets a little crazy. A lot of them shit down their legs right there. But I'm glad um, I went to the bathroom first. Yeah, that's what we try to tell them. You notice we have porta potties right there where you buy your ticket, so you can kind of relieve yourself. One year we made a mistake, right? We didn't put them over there. We put them all on this side, so nobody could use the restroom before they bought. You know, before they came in. Uh oh. That was a huge mistake. Yeah. Everybody came out like I mean, so many people pissed themselves. So we put them over there as a courtesy to the customers, so they wouldn't have to be embarrassed by pissing themselves. What's Shit awesome everywhere. when when they all piss themselves? What's awesome when it starts getting cold, which very rarely happens here, but towards the end of October, when they come out, it's easy to spot them because the steam is coming off their pants. <laughs> so we call them steamers. That's our name for them. So we keep track of how many steamers we get a night. It's a new category in The Walking Dead. Yeah. All right, so we're going to be uh, probably recording this like Tuesday. We're, we're going to put it on Tuesday with a couple of interviews we've had and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. How long are y'all going to be open? What What are your hours? I mean, what's how, how do we come out here and take advantage of this? We're open on uh, Fridays and Saturdays for the most part from 7 till midnight. We're open the last two Sundays of October from 7 to 10. We're open Halloween night, of course, and we're open the first weekend of uh, November. And that's our blackout weekend. And it's really one of our more popular weekends because you have to go through all this with just a glow stick with the lights off. Oh. And the characters can take your glow stick. Oh. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. Never been through that yeah. before. Yeah, they can take your glow stick. So we keep track and we give awards to characters that end up with the most glow sticks. They won't, like, tackle you for them, but they will try their best to get it, you know. So after Halloween is almost the best show. Yeah, it's a crazy show, and that's also our Day of the Dead weekend as well. So we oh, really? we, not, we not only have the blackout going, but outside a lot of our characters flip over into de- all Day of the Dead makeup, you know, oh, wow. sugar skulls and all. And we have a we have a sugar skull contest for our our customers to get involved in, and they're allowed to come out here and get into the contest with their best sugar skull makeup. And on Halloween night, we open up early. We open up at five, and it's so the kids can come through and trick or treat. They trick or treat up and down Dead Man's Alley. 
and that's all free there's no charge for that they can come out with their kids last year we were packed with kids and we give away candy and that's all free to the community that wants to come out to a safe place and trick-or-treat so uh, you talk about the kids coming out what what, what is the youngest we take anybody yeah we just tell the parents i get that phone call every day is there an age limit i tell them no there's no age limit we just don't pay for the therapy well, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, we don't pay for the therapy if they so need it. what's the youngest one you've had come out? Uh, we've probably had, I would say, a four- to five-year-old came out. Yeah. That's and she was freaky as hell because she just laughed at everything. Was yeah. that weird laugh? That's what we were wondering. Who's her the eyes are real big, and she's like, ah. I'm like, this is really weird. I'm really we're, we were wondering who's the youngest kid that had the biggest balls and who's yeah. the biggest adult that was a pussy. Yeah, um, we've had, dude, we've had... I think, in my opinion, some of the biggest dudes, man, they wimp out fast, grab the girlfriend, throw them at the character, they take off running. You know, that that's cliche, right? They right. they all do it. Like they're so big, oh, oh, I'm I'm I ain't scared of none of her, and then that chainsaw comes out. Hey, take her! I'm gone. They take off running. Self-preservation. Yeah, yeah, survival of the of the quickest. So what else are y'all involved in charity-wise? Because I know that you told me when we met you guys at Comic, uh, Comic Palooza, y'all said you have some uh, charities you're involved in and stuff like that. What are you involved in? It? Yeah, uh, we've been doing charity work ever since we started. That's how we got into it. We were 100% nonprofit working with the Lions Club when we first started. Mm-hmm. The problem is we hit a barrier. And right. the barrier that we hit was we couldn't expand, we couldn't get any bigger unless we went professional. Uh, because you can't put um, any money into it. You can't make any money. Everything we made went directly to charity and we kept a very small percent for upgrades well it it's hard to get to the level that you want to get to that way so we had to change our our marketing strategy and our whole business strategy and everything and we went for profit charity is still for up and foremost our main priority they get a percentage of what we make before anybody sees any money as a matter of fact we don't even handle our money lions club international handles the ticket booth they handle all our numbers everything is completely transparent they know what we make before we even know what we make Mm -hmm. and they get theirs off the top before bills anything they get theirs and then we pay the bills we pay to get everything done we we furnish actors with all their makeup all their supplies everything they need we take our actors on a cruise or a big trip every year last year we took them to um where'd we go last year No, that was a small trip. I'm talking about the big trip. Oh, we took them on a big two-story party bus to Six Flags in uh, oh, cool. in Arlington is oh, what, right what we did. Okay. The year before that, we took everybody on a cruise to Cozumel, Mexico. Oh, that was such crazy. a that was such a hit. This year, we're taking them again on a cruise to Cozumel, Mexico. Nice. And all they have to do is have perfect attendance. That's it. Just come every night because the thing is, without our actors, without our staff, this place isn't nothing. So we know how important it is that they're here every night to entertain the crowd. So right. we give them that little carrot out there so that they come uh we also do mini trips for them we take them like laser tag like he said we do all kinds of stuff we do four or five parties a year for our actors we do a big fourth of july party out here we do a preseason party end the season party every night they get awards we do end the season awards our people are are the heart of this place so we do every and anything for them right to keep to keep them motivated and to, to let them know that they're a part of something bigger now as far as the charities we work with lions club international all our funding goes through them as far as the charity 
money and then we disperse it through them. We have a board that votes on different charities based on the needs of the local community. All the money that we donate goes to the local community. It's not shipped off somewhere where some executive CEO is getting fat off of it. It all goes to help people in need here. Part of what we do for charities, all the local youth homes, they all come through here for free. We take care of all them. Uh, we help uh, the I-Class uh, fund organization that's through Brazoria County. Uh, anybody that can't afford vision uh, prescriptions or, or glasses or contacts or anything, that's all paid for them for free. We also do home delivery meals, which is like Meals on Wheels. All the uh, elderly people in the county, uh, we've kept that operation running by ourselves for several years because they don't get donations from anybody else. And so we make sure the people that are old and they can't get out of their house to get food, we make sure they're fed every day. We also take care of Lions Camp. That's a camp for handicapped kids that can't get to a regular camp, summer camp. That camp is specifically equipped so those kids can go have a good time at that camp because they've got all the equipment so they can still swim, they can still run, they can still bike and climb and all that stuff. Um, we work with so many other charities. What other charities do we work with? Let's see. Nicest scary clowns I've ever seen in my life. Our motto <laughs> is we scare because we care. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we scare because we care. And uh, all of our people here, if you talk to them individually, they're into it and, and they're here because they know they're you know, making a difference. And, yeah. we, get, and we love to scare the hell out of people. I mean, right. you can't, can't deny a lot of us are here because we make a difference in the community, but at the same time, we get to make you piss yourself. Right. I, mean, I could tell when I was walking through when, that, they, when yeah. they got me because yeah. they got me a few times a bunch yeah. actually yeah. and every time they did and they were like ah yeah mm, I got you and I was like mm, motherfucker <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> alright so if I'm driving from Houston how do I get here all you do is take 288 South exit County Road 60 you can hit Beltway 610 you know all those 59 45 they all connect with 288 so you can find 288 you can find us we're out here just south of Highway 6 about 10 minutes south of Highway 6 we're 27 minutes from downtown so whether you're coming from Sugarland, downtown Houston, or you're coming from Clear Lake, you can all you can get here from any of those places within 20, 25 minutes. All right, man, it's best thirty bucks I've ever spent because I've went yeah. through three three amazing haunts for thirty bucks. I saw a freak show and all kinds of shit, man. Oh uh, yeah, and we went through like downtown traffic at rush hour to get here in an hour. Yeah, it, 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 didn't it, it wasn't bad. Yeah, and we, we're coming from the north side, spring. So and, if and you're in Houston, man, of, check uh, it out. We're getting a lot of recognition this year. I mean, last year we were so surprised. Forbes magazine featured us as one of the top 10 haunts in the nation. That's awesome. This year, we got rated number one haunt in Texas on ScareFactor and HauntWorld.com and ScareFactor rated us as, as the top haunt in the nation. Yeah. Which is which is just unbelievable. You know, we've been here in this location for six years. We're getting recognized by our peers from all over the country and all over the world. We've had Glenn Hittrick, Hittrick here from Face Off. We've had so many celebrities coming through. We've had so many sports athletes coming through. I mean, you name it, they're coming through here and they're having a great time and we're really getting our name out worldwide. Yeah, we talked to uh, the guys from um, the Houses October built, the the, yeah. the directors, and I mean they had we, we told them we were coming out here this weekend, and uh, they had nothing but good things to say about you guys. Yeah, there's something in the works with them. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so amazing. we can't say too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's something in the, you know, oh, you know how it is. It's all good, man. Hey, we really appreciate it, man. Thank right. you so much Thank for you. inviting us out here, dude. Yeah. And uh, one more time, yeah, give everybody the shout out, the name of the the haunt, how to get here, how much it costs, and what you guys support. You can find us at creepyhollowhauntedhouse.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can follow our characters all up on that Snapchat. If you know all about Snapchat, yeah. you can call us at one. 
1-800-357-DEAD. Make sure you come see us. We're open to the first weekend of November. Lights out weekend. It's going to be a blast. We will scare the shit out of you, guaranteed. All right, badass. Thanks, man. All right.